Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very well-established entrepreneur who's done many, many startups from Seattle, USA, Mr. Shirish Natkarni. Shirish, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Thank you. Shirish is the founder of Live Mocha and Team on Systems. He's a quintessential entrepreneur with several successful exits. And he's an author of a book titled From Startup to Exit, an insider's guide to launching and scaling your tech business. So Shirish, today let's talk about startup and entrepreneurship, and we'll talk about your book as well. Um, let's start with... Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about some of your successful exits? Yeah, so as you mentioned, um, I founded two companies. Uh, one was called Timon Systems, mm -hmm. uh, uh, which uh, was an early pioneer uh, in mobile email uh, mm -hmm. during the early days of BlackBerry. Mm -hmm. um, and the company was acquired in 2002 by BlackBerry. Mm -hmm. And the technology we built uh, became known as BlackBerry Internet Email, which had uh, about 50 million users yep. at its peak. Mm. Uh, second company uh, was a company called LimeMocha. It was founded in 2007. And we, um, uh, you know, we basically pioneered uh, the notion of social language learning, where you could learn from other native speakers around the world. And it was acquired by Rosetta Stone in 2012. Okay. And are you... Uh working on a new startup these days? Uh, no, not anymore. Uh, but I do advise um, a number of uh, startups. Uh, there's a company I advised recently called Ally that was acquired by uh, Microsoft mm -hmm. very recently. So I invest and advise uh, startups. Terrific. So I'm going to ask you several questions on startups and entrepreneurship, Shirish, because a very large number of people who listen and view our show are startup entrepreneurs. So let me start by asking you that, uh, what is the advantage of having a partner versus going solo? Yeah, no, that's a great uh, question. Um, you know, most uh, VCs will not actually fund you if you're uh, going solo. Uh, mm -hmm. The only time they might fund you if you're a successful entrepreneur already. Mm -hmm. uh, but, um, you know, I've, <clears throat> I've had the good fortune of working with two co-founders for Timon Systems and with Limoca. Mm -hmm. And uh, they brought the technical aspects. So they were, they were the CTO of the company. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, they were incredibly valuable for me in terms of you know, developing our business strategy. Mm -hmm. So not only were they great technologists, but they had an amazing business mind as well. Mm -hmm. And as I thought about strategy and, and pricing and other business decisions, they were a really important um, you know, a partner in helping me make the right decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very lonely at the top yep. and yep. oftentimes uh, you have to reach difficult decisions, mm -hmm. uh, but having, uh, you know, co-founders can really help you in uh, hopefully arriving at the right decision for your company. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. And uh, I'd love to get your perspective, given the fact that you've had two successful exits and you continue to, uh, you know, uh, advise and fund so many startups. What is your reason in some of the basic mistakes a lot of startup entrepreneurs make? I would say, um, you know, the classic mistake that um, founders make is um, one, um, 
not doing enough uh, research mm -hmm. to um, really understand the um, the pain point that they're trying to address. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes, uh, companies started by technologies who are in love with technology and they believe that, you know, um, the solution that they're building has a problem uh, that they're solving. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's a problem, but it may not be the most important problem for your customers. Mm -hmm. And so that can lead to very long sales cycles because, you know, it's not top of mind uh, for them. Um, the other uh, mistake that they make is not spending enough time on achieving product market fit, mm -hmm. uh, basically iterating on the product till they really uh, make sure that you know it's addressing the right problem and the and that you have the right solution. Mm -hmm. And they start instead marketing and spending money on marketing when they haven't really achieved what I call as you know product market fit. Okay. So those are probably two of the main mistakes that I see founders making. Very interesting. And another question that a lot of startup entrepreneurs ask me, and I'm going to ask you, at what stage should a startup start to scale up? Uh, as soon as uh, you have um, achieved product market fit, mm -hmm. uh, and I talk about in my book, uh, how do you know that you have achieved product market fit? Mm -hmm. uh, well, you can track certain number of metrics you know, uh, if your user growth, if your consumer startup, if you're, if you can see yourself getting to hundred thousand users in the next, you know, few months, mm -hmm. um, if your retention is is high, um, you know, those are some of the factors that go into determining whether you have product market fit. Mm -hmm. And secondly, um, that you have, um, you know, perfected the sales motion. You know that you know how to acquire customers. Mm -hmm. You know in a in a in a in a manner that is profitable for the company. Mm -hmm. uh, once you know that, then you are in a position to now just simply, you know, pour in money, and you can start acquiring customers at a rapid you know pace. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, there's another question which seems to uh, worry or uh, uh, you know get people concerned is. When should one raise money? Uh, I hear two different schools of thought. One is bootstrap as long as you can. The other is raise money as soon as it's available. I'd love to get your perspective. Yeah, that's a great uh, question. Uh, generally, I advise founders to bootstrap mm -hmm. until they have some uh, customer traction mm -hmm. uh, where they can show that they have at least two or three customers uh, who are using their product mm -hmm. and that the, the customers are really enthusiastic about it. Mm -hmm. uh, at that point, um, you are in a pretty good position to go to investors and say, hey, you know, I have a couple of customers. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be necessarily revenue generating. Obviously, if they're revenue generating, that's even better. Mm -hmm. uh, but if they can really validate that you have achieved product market fit, um, that's the point at which you should go ahead and raise funding. Because if you continue to bootstrap for too long, uh, then you run the risk that you're not growing you know, fast enough, that you're not putting right. enough money to grow the company fast enough. Mm. And then you might lose out to competitors who are, you know, who get ahead of you by raising mm. your know, funding. Mm. And, you know, you are uh, living and working in, in the most exciting belt, which is in and around the Bay Area. Yes. Uh, a lot of countries have spoken about building uh, a Bay Area in their own countries, etc. But I wanted to ask you, what makes Silicon Valley such an exciting place for startups? 
A number of factors. Uh, one, you have, um, you know, a number of uh, universities like uh, Stanford University and University of Berkeley, mm -hmm. you know, two of the top engineering schools mm -hmm. uh, and MBA, you know, schools uh, in Silicon Valley. Um, you had, you know, uh, uh, basically um, a critical mass of technology companies. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of uh, tech talent. And then finally, you have the venture capital infrastructure. So a lot of the top VC firms are located mm -hmm. in the Bay Area. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of companies have relocated, like, you know, the uh, founder of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, mm -hmm. uh, started his company at Harvard, uh, mm -hmm. but eventually decided to move to the, uh, to the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. uh, same thing with Dropbox and other companies that, you know, uh, migrated from Seattle to the Bay Area mm -hmm. um, because of that infrastructure of talent, Mm. Uh, universities and VCs uh, who are, you know, readily available for uh, funding startups. Terrific. So, uh, Shreesh, I'm now going to move to the next segment, which is to uh, talk to you about your role as an angel investor. Mm -hmm. uh, my first question to you is, what are some of the key metrics you look for before you make an investment? Um, a couple of factors I look at. Uh, mm -hmm. One is uh, the founding team. Mm -hmm. um, is this a A plus team? Um, uh, do they have strong expertise? Uh, do they understand their industry mm -hmm. uh, really well? Um, <clears throat> and um, secondly, you know what I look for is, as I mentioned earlier, is again uh, product market fit. Uh, do they have traction with customers uh, who are willing to um, say really good things about the company. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, I look for uh, strong metrics in terms of retention. Uh, if you're acquiring customers and you're retaining them really well, mm -hmm. uh, then that's a really good sign for me that, that the product is resonating with customers. Mm -hmm. um, so those are some of the factors I look at in deciding whether to invest on. Uh, and, and obviously there are many other factors mm -hmm. such as how big the opportunity is, you know, are they riding some, you know, major technology trend? Uh, those are all the factors I look at, but the first few are the ones I, you know, focus on. Okay. And uh, as an angel investor, how involved do you get in uh, the uh, operations or governance of the company? Uh, it depends on the uh, the company. Uh, mm -hmm. I typically invest in companies uh, where I, I feel I can add value. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, um, you know, I'll ad either advise them from time to time or I will take on a formal advisory role mm -hmm. and spend more time uh, with the company. But I don't invest for the sake of investing. Uh, I invest uh, typically uh, so that, you know, I can add value and, and really help the companies uh, move their mission forward. Okay. And at what stage do you look for an exit? No, it, it really depends on the company. Uh, mm -hmm. It depends on how, you know, uh, you know, it can come as quickly as, you know, in two or three years, uh, mm -hmm. or it can take seven, eight years, you know, for the company to exit. So it really depends on, you know, how hot the, uh, you know, the market is, uh, how fast the company is growing. Uh, I mentioned the example of Ally. Mm. which was acquired by Microsoft. I mean, mm. they were growing very, very rapidly mm. and uh, they could have well have um, gone IPO at certain stage, mm. but uh, they found a good opportunity in terms of uh, exit with Microsoft and decided to go down that path. So 
it really depends on company to company you know uh, at what point the founder founders want to exit mm. uh, and how um, they see the opportunity ahead of them okay and uh, one more question before i move to your book most angel investors i have spoken to including uh, you know some investments that i have made there are always one, some ones that got away um, yes do you have uh, any one that you'd like to share with us Oh, absolutely. Um, um, you know, there's a company here in Seattle called Seekout. Uh, they are in the HR tech business. Um, and uh, I had an opportunity to invest in them. But at that time, I was looking to um, potentially do another startup. So I, I didn't have the funds to really invest at that point. Uh, but the company was founded by some really smart individuals. And I should have taken that bet um, at that point. Uh, now they are a unicorn the, the valuations worth over a billion um, but you know um, these things these things happen and you learn from these mistakes and you hopefully don't make the same mistake again oh absolutely i agree with you completely yeah. so shrish now let's move to your book you've got a book title from startup to exit an insider's mm-hmm. guide to launching and scaling your tech business yes first tell me is this book available on amazon Yes, it's available on Amazon. It's available in the US. It's available in India. Okay. Uh, it's essentially where everywhere where books are sold. Wonderful. So tell me a little bit about this book and your hypothesis. So the um, the uh, objective uh, behind the book is to really make many more startups successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you may have heard, you know, nine out of startups fail. Uh, but the one startup that succeeds can change the world, as you have seen with Microsoft and Amazon and mm-hmm. Google, etc. Uh, in fact, uh, the top out of the top ten companies by valuation, nine of them are tech companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my goal with this book is to really change that equation. If I can make it so that two out of ten mm-hmm. companies succeed mm-hmm. instead of one out of ten, if I can double that number, mm-hmm. you know. I could that could that could have a you know fairly significant impact on the economy. Correct. And, wow. and so my goal is to really uh, help startup founders get up to speed very quickly mm-hmm. and avoid the kinds of mistakes that you know I've made, I've seen others make, etc., mm-hmm. and improve the chances of success. So, uh, Shirish, you spoke a little while earlier about the product market fit. Yes, I'd love to get some more uh, tips from you for our viewers and listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, first of all, um, you know, to achieve product market fit, mm-hmm. um, you really need to focus on the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to spend a lot of time talking to customers, really understanding what are the top two or three problems. Mm-hmm. And if the problem that you're addressing is not one of the top two or three problems, mm-hmm. that's where you need to pivot immediately and say, tell me more about the top two or three problems and let's mm-hmm. figure out what problems these are, why you're having them, how you're solving those problems today. Mm-hmm. And, and if you can figure out, um, hey, there's a solution I can build that can solve that problem better than their existing solution, um, then there's an opportunity to create a product. Okay. And then you need to build your product, you know, build an MVP, you know, give it to some customers to try out and see what kind of reaction you get from your customers. Are they... Are they all over you to say, hey, please add this feature, please add that feature. Uh, you know, when can I uh, expand beyond beta, et cetera? If you're getting that kind of signal, 
from the from the customers, then you know that you are achieving you know product market fit. Uh, but again, you know, I, I discussed uh, those are some of the uh, you know a few tips. I discussed you know a lot more detail in my book. Sure, thank you. So uh, I'm going to uh, you know ask all our viewers and listeners to check out your book on Amazon. Uh, Shiris, I've got time for one more question. Sure. And it uh, comes back to entrepreneurship and startups. Yeah. Uh, what would your advice be to a young entrepreneur or a startup entrepreneur starting off on her or his journey? Yeah. Um, in the startup world? Um, first of all, I would say, you know, to young people is, um, you, know, um, it, you know, definitely explore the startup world. Mm-hmm. Uh, do that as early as possible right. uh, in your life uh, because um, that's when you have a lot of energy, a lot of ideas, and you have you know, low amount of risk, you know, you may not have, you may not be married, you may not have kids, you may not have a mortgage to worry about, you can stay with your parents. Um, so those are things uh, working for your, into your advantage. And mm-hmm. so uh, start your startup journey early. Um, if you have a great idea, then pursue that. If you don't join a startup, get, you know, a good experience mm-hmm. um, and then uh, work on your own idea to see if you can go uh, mm-hmm. do a startup. And then, as I said, follow the process that I described in terms of really understanding customer problem, pain points, mm. and uh, and testing, you know, with MVPs, etc., uh, before really investing a lot of money into it. Wonderful, Shirish. On that note, and your advice of start your startup early. Uh, thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you for talking to me at such length and sharing your incredible experience of building two successful exits and and investing in so many different companies. Thank you for talking to me about what goes into building a successful startup and what you look for as an investor. Thank you again and good luck. Thank you. It was my pleasure to be on your podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.